before we get into the actual case, I am just going to explain what is going to be going on from here on out. So I've been avoiding recording episodes for the past, well, almost a year, probably 11 months, just because I very much hate researching. I grew to hate researching. So it's been nerve wracking for me to just get back into researching as much as I like hearing how much you love the podcast and how much, you know, you've been enjoying the content. It's really hard to just go back into that level of researching that I was doing prior to. So that's why you haven't been hearing any new episodes. That's why it's just been radio silence for such a long time. And I'm kind of sorry about that. But again, I'm not. Researching was getting to me. It was just really bad. But now that I'm coming to terms with the fact that I will probably never get over this fear of researching, I am trying to do this content in a way that benefits both you, primarily you, and me as well. To make this as fun for myself as possible, I am trying a new format. You may realize that it's not as scripty as it normally is. I am literally sitting here in my room recording with no paper, no nothing, just in front of me, kind of just going off the dome. I am going to try to make it more conversational for you as possible, and this is why. I've been looking at the metrics, and what it's been telling me is that a lot of you actually listen to this podcast on a Monday as opposed to a Sunday when I publish. And not only that, you guys kind of choose uh, to listen to it on a Monday because a lot of times you want some background noise probably when you're on work or even more when you're in traffic and you just need somebody to be there for you or be there with you or you just need you need a little bit of noise that's what I'm trying to say (laughs) so I want to try making this podcast a little bit more conversational now this does not signal the return of scam kings just yet it doesn't mean that scam kings is going to come back every single week that decision is dependent on you guys while i want to make this fun for me i want to also make content that is usable for you so i'm gonna ask you guys to do me a really big favor please follow me on twitter on facebook on instagram you don't have to follow me on all of them you just need to follow me on at least one because when this episode is done and dusted and i really hope you do listen to the end I would like you to go out there and let your voice be heard. Um, I'm going to put up a poll on each one of the social medias. I'm probably going to do it multiple times just so I can collate enough data to make a really good decision. But we are going to decide together whether or not this is the format that we're really going to go forward with. So this, is going to, this episode is going to be a lot more loose, a lot more conversational. It's also going to be an old episode because, like, if you look at the title, you realize I'm revisiting the McDonald's scam, but only because somebody talked about another food scam. And I just kind of I thought this would be a perfect testing ground for a format like this and for embracing a new format. Um, a lot of you might have seen it and been like, if you've listened to the other episode, you may have seen it and been like why are we back here again but this is the testing ground for this kind of episode so all of that talk to say follow me on social media scam kings on social all the social medias across the board and at the end of this episode we can decide together whether or not that this is if this is a format that 
we want to go forward with or if you guys just prepare, uh, prefer me writing scripts. Either way, and again, this does not mean that Scam Kings is coming back this week or next week or next month. Once we decide what the new format is going forward, I am going to try to make enough space to have Scam Kings running up and running again as, as reg up and running again as regularly as possible right but i need you guys to back me on this and i need you guys to listen all the way to the end of this episode so even if you know you don't really care for the format at the very least listen to most of it so that i can make a proper decision for everybody all right i want you all to enjoy the content i also want you all to be a part of it a good way to do it if you guys need suggestions is to listen to this episode then go back to the old episode and no i'm not trying to get listens but you can choose to listen to this episode then go back and listen to the old episode compare and contrast and see which format you prefer more best place to start is at the beginning and for this case the beginning is actually at the genesis of the whole mcdonald's monopoly gameplay at this point everybody in the states had known about the monopoly game it was initially invented to teach people about the dangers of greed but it became this popular game that everybody loved. So of course, McDonald's saw a great opportunity to be able to sell more of their products, more of their food, and they incorporated it into their marketing strategy in the 1980s, probably early 1990s. The start of when the actual game began is debatable, but it also says in some sources that the game did come to a pause at some point in time. Either way, McDonald's was running this competition and for those of you who don't live in the US or the UK, essentially how it would work is that a customer would go in, buy a drink, a packet of fries, a happy meal, and there would be these little stickers on the packaging that you could peel off and then under there would have some sort of prize that you could go and redeem. Now these prizes range from free meals all the way up to a million dollars in prize money like actual cash so everybody wanted to play everybody wanted to be a part of it it went so far as the people wouldn't even like rubbing them for like meals or money it they were just robbing them for the packages so that they could get these little game pieces to peel open mcdonald's entrusted the actual running of the competition to a company called simon marketing they were the ones that were responsible for printing the game pieces for ensuring that they got out safely and ensuring that they got onto the packages safely. Jerome Jacobson was their head of security at the time of this entire situation. He started working there in the 1970s, having come out of law enforcement. He was a police officer mm -hmm. and he, after he left the police force due to an injury to his wrist, he ended up working with Simon Marketing as part of their head of security. 
his job was to ensure that the pieces didn't fall into the hands of a salmon marketing employees and b mcdonald's employees when you trans when he was responsible for transporting them to other locations to packaging locations so he was the probably the only person that would have been in contact with these pieces the entire time now employees of simon marketing at that time said that he was a stickler he would go as far as making them take their shoes off every day before leaving for for home from work to make sure that they didn't stuff pieces in their shoes the game pieces in their shoes or try to take any of the game stickers away you might want to keep that in mind because that is definitely important to this particular story Jacobson's scheme actually took off in the mid-1990s, but it started in 1989. Now, we all have those moments where we would just like to know that everything's going to be all right, everything is going to be fine with us. And so we just sometimes look for a little bit of quote-unquote spiritual insight. And Jerome Jacobson was no different. He actually consulted a psychic that told him that he would soon be like having access to a particular financial windfall. So Jerome Jacobson put two and two together and eventually I guess he came up with steel the monopoly pieces i mean it was already there in that he had access to these pieces and he it would be easy for him either way to just kind of steal it right from under simon marketing's nose i guess the confirmation came for him when a batch of sealant which was used to seal the game pieces together or to keep like to keep the the game pieces closed was accidentally delivered to him instead of the Simon marketing team that would have been responsible for like that actual sealing part. Mind you, he was only responsible for making sure that the pieces got from the office of Simon marketing to the actual destinations, wherever they told him that he needed to go at the time. So Simon probably took getting that sealant as a sign you know maybe this is the actual windfall that i'm looking for so in 1989 he committed his first theft and they never said actually what the value of the price was but all we know is that he actually got away with it and this was the beginning of many terrible things to come i'm not sure why i'm referring to this game as if mcdonald's shut down monopoly as soon as they found out about jerome jacobson's scam and anything that is not the case the last game actually ended in october of 2022 and it was held in the uk so mcdonald's monopoly is still happening but i'm just not sure if it's happening in the us i know it's in the uk for sure if you're in the us and mcdonald's monopoly is still a thing where you live just shout me out and let me know where you live and when is the last time they had that competition so please don't mistake me and think you know that the game is no longer a thing because it is it's just that it probably would have changed the landscape of everything that they did well you would think so right after that first little mini heist in 1989 he took a break because i think he just wanted to see if he could pull it off and he did 
However, when McDonald's raised their prize money to a million dollars in 1996, I think that was more than enough motivation for him to come out. And so that was where his schemes really started taking off. He would essentially switch out the prizes while being in the men's bathroom. And given that he had a female auditor with him at the time, there was nobody really to stop him from sealing, unsealing and sealing again as he wanted to. And so the Jacobson scam really, really and truly kicked off from there. So Jacobson would switch out the more valuable price pieces for lesser valuable price pieces and he would sell them because it wouldn't be the smartest thing to keep that prize money for yourself knowing that you're so closely connected with the price pieces in the first place. The first piece that he sold was to his stepbrother, Marvin Braun. So Marvin brought a piece from him that was worth $25,000 and they were relatively successful the second time around. And so he felt after that second successful heist that he would essentially be open for business. Marvin gave him a nice little kickback and things were working out well and jerome sold to everybody i'm talking from relatives and strippers gangsters he even sold to one of the biggest crime families in new york city gerano colombo was a strip club owner and he was affiliated with the Colombo family and they met in 1995 where he was able to sell him a piece that allowed Gerano to claim the prize of a car. It would be through Gerano and the Colombo family that Jerry's contact list would spread and so it really quickly became a network of buyers and sellers intertwined with one another. All of them just kind of giving little kickbacks to Jerry at the end of it that essentially made jerry his fortune off of this little scam that was going on here unfortunately it wouldn't last much longer than the red house fire and by much longer i mean probably well over a decade because in 1998 gerano colombo would pass away in a car crash and this would be the death that would unhinge basically everything so robin who was gerano's wife and his mom gerano's mom did not like each other at all and after gerano's death his mother wanted to get custody of the grandson or gerano's son and in 2000 i guess out of spite i'm not sure what this lady's motivation was but it had to be out of spite because what would be the point of you being of you selling yourself out as like a beneficiary of stolen money anyway in 2000 this woman tipped off the fbi and let them know that gerano had was a part of this rigged game and it didn't help that gerano's dad was a recipient of prize money at the time as well so out of that the mom was able to, Gerano's mom was able to tell them for a fact that the game was more or less rigged. It does make me wonder what happened to her though, because 
she would have been benefited from any money too I, I don't know this part of it was very strange but you'll see how it all unraveled in a bit so the fbi launched this operation codenamed final answer in 2001 so basically they wiretapped everybody that they suspected was a part of the unit or that the map was a part of the unit based on gerano's mom's testimony or tip or whatever you want to call it and they were able to trace it back because although jerry was not keeping any of the prize money for himself he didn't exactly manage his networks well either so what ended up happening was that there was a cluster of persons winning in florida where he was originally from and in georgia where he was living at the time of the incident and everybody was just clustered in that one unit so it wasn't very difficult for the fbi once they put in the work to find that it was essentially leading back to jerry and from that they will be they were able to predict who the next quote-unquote winner would be for this particular prize money they were able to set up a team that would create a mock capture but you'll hear the details about that next so in august of 2001 a mobster by the name of michael hoover called the winners hotline and said you know i've had an instant win which was the prize money of a million dollars so the fbi on hearing this tip and having used their information thus far they set up a camera crew and they went with the actual marketing team of mcdonald's that was involved in the entire thing involved at least involved in the prize money part of it and they went to his residence and asked him you know how he did it this is the story that he gave for how he came about his million dollar price piece so he said he was on the beach and he was taking a nap and after he took his nap he got up and went to wash i guess his feet or his hands anyway he went towards the water and he was reading a copy of people magazine and his copy of the magazine fell into the ocean and i guess he wanted to read the magazine so badly that he decided he was going to go and buy another one and the one that he bought had the one million dollar price piece in it like that it was on a page on an ad because they were using so many different things it wasn't just cuffs and stuff it was like ads too so he found it in one of the ads and that's how he became this quote-unquote lucky winner the only problem with that is the chance of him getting a million dollar piece was one in 250 million so it was quite difficult for anybody to believe that he had just you know won a prize a million dollar prize just like that not that it couldn't happen but that it was just so highly unlikely that it couldn't help to be a scam and of course the fbi already knew that you know this was a big rig competition in any case so with that they were able to arrest this michael hoover and they were also able to get on to jerome jacobson as well as some of his other associates on august 21st 2001 was when they took him down and they charged all of them with conspiracy to commit mail fraud um unfortunately the month following that 
the events of September 2001 took place and so that would have consumed a lot of the media coverage and so this very large scam would have been overshadowed by those unfortunate events. It wasn't until the production, the announced production of the Macmillan's documentary in 2017 and its publication in 2020 that everybody became aware of this huge scam that had happened right under America's nose. And finally, everybody gave it the due attention that it needed, albeit, you know, after the fact. In total, 51 persons were convicted of being a part of this scam and Jerry Jacobson was sentenced to three years and one month in prison. And he was the only person that got more than one year at the time. And he had to make restitutions to the tune of $12.5 million. Now, since then, nobody knows where Jacobson is. Nobody can seem to find this man. But I think that's a good thing because this dude played the entire of America. And he's really no better than the guys who try to rob these McDonald's workers over the counter. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is the tale of Jerome Jacobson and the McDonald's Monopoly scam. This was a case that should have been bigger than it was. But again, September 2001, rightfully so, would have overshadowed everything. And so he would not have had, I feel like, a property in court. However, whoops, what was that? However, um, justice was kind of served, I guess. I don't know. There are a lot of questions in my mind be just because I'm wondering if because of what was going on at the time and because of the, everything that was happening, I'm wondering, you know, if there were loopholes or if there were, you know, just if he got away because he had friends in the law, if that was like the actual maximums amount, three years seems like a really short sentence for somebody who did such a large, that tried to pull a large scheme off and there were so many other people involved. How come they were getting like just one year? And so it kind of like leaves a lot of doubt in my mind, but I am not a legal mind. I don't know much about the law in america and how their justice system works too much i just i don't know it's kind of it's kind of funny to me and it's also it just i just have a lot of questions there there are many questions one of which is where is this man now i would just like to know where he is i like to know if anybody knows if he's alive if he you know retired and just decided to lay low if he changed his name just to get away from everybody I don't have all that information, but as you know, HBO produced in 2020 a documentary called Macmillions, and you can definitely go back and watch it for those of you who have access to HBO and HBO On Demand, and you guys can go back and watch it and see if you have any thoughts like I do. I just know I have a lot of thoughts running to my head that I really can't totally express here and now, but that is the end of this episode this kind of tester episode i am completely sorry for just going off the grid for so long but i wanted to produce until i felt about getting back into producing 
content for you guys again and producing it in this way now what i need you all to do is to go straight to instagram twitter facebook and vote on these polls and let me know if you enjoyed this episode where you're listening from and just help us out with her little content navigation stuff if you're in traffic right now listening to this let me know what the traffic is like because we are all traffic haters together i think the common enemy for us a lot of us is traffic and i just need to know if you're listening to this right now in traffic let me know what the traffic is like and maybe i would think about doing a traffic report i mean it'll be a late traffic report but yeah you can let me know what your traffic situation is like and if it's like this every day and so we'll go from there i'm also thinking of doing a song of the day and this is going to be very interesting with this one so i want to test it on this podcast episode as well but i want to do a song of the day so if you guys have like favorite songs hopefully spotify the spotify powers that be are hearing me right now but you guys if you could just let your and tobago have the update so that we can play music within then yeah but um for now i just wanna like play songs at the end because i feel like that would be a cool touch so i also want to add songs in the end so if you just want a little music a little music run as well you can listen all the way to the end there will be a song at the end it's from youtube library don't get excited but youtube library stuff is getting good so yeah um information on what the song is is going to be in the uh notes show notes so yeah so that is also something that i want to try as well if you're listening from anywhere else and you're probably not listening in traffic or listening to something else let me know too i'm interested i want to know what you guys do so that i can make content that will be an accompaniment to whatever your daily duty is Alright, so I'm going to let you guys go. Thanks for listening to Scam Kings, the sort of return and happy new year. I'll see you guys around. Take care.
Don't leave me in 